Psalm 112 in your Bibles. I want you to look at it with me. Notice in verse 7 of our text, the psalmist uses a wonderful word describing really the heart of the righteous. Verse 7 says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. The word fixed here is pretty self-evident, I think, in its meaning. The Hebrew word, nekao, is often translated in the Old Testament as ready, the same word translated as ready and prepared. And of course, it's not just that the heart is fixed, it's what it's fixed upon that causes it to be ready for all of these evil tidings. Now, if you had parents, as I did, who grew up in the South, and I grew up in the South, you heard the word fix in a lot of different contexts. The word preparation or prepare is too many R's. So you never said mom's in preparation of dinner. It was just mom's fixing dinner. And then we're all fixing to eat it. Amen. (laughs) Seems like as a boy, I was always fixing to get a whooping. (laughs) But it still means ready. It still means prepared, which is a reference to being settled, right? To being established. Ancient mariners used an instrument called a sextant, which guaranteed uh, to show them where they were, or helped to show them where they were. It's a graduated arc of 60 degrees for navigating and with that tool they could get a fix on some celestial object out there and then two of them and it would help determine both where they were and where they were going which begs the question evil tidings folks are always in the news bad news is part and parcel of life on this earth and some of those evil tidings we are seeing even today were foretold in the bible so here's the question do you know where you are do you know where you're going so is your heart fixed is it prepared is it ready for all of these evil tidings look at verse 8 his heart is established he shall not be afraid Father, please help us, Lord, this morning again and afresh to focus our hearts and minds on your word and how desperately we need your word in this world and this dark time. The very idea, Father, that you tell us there is a man, there's a woman, there's a person, a child of of yours who is not afraid, whose heart is fixed. They're not afraid of evil tidings, Lord, is an encouragement to us but also convicting. Please speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you look again at our text this morning, I think you'll see the very clear connection between those who are not afraid and those who have a fixed heart. Verse 7 again. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. Now, of course, you compare this person and that word to the wicked that are also mentioned in the text. Notice verse 10, the wicked shall see it. These are the people who are not afraid and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. You see, Proverbs 28.1 says that the wicked flee. They run away when no man pursueth. That means they're afraid even before the evil tidings will come. It is true. I mean, you look at people in our society, in this country in particular, and you'll notice they are filled with fear. 
afraid constantly of evil tidings. They live in this constant dread. And yet here's a man, the Bible says, who's not like that. Instead, he picks up the paper and he reads the headlines and he watches current events. And while he may be brokenhearted and saddened and burdened by the news, he's not afraid. He's not terrorized. And the reason, the Bible says, is that his heart is already fixed. It is established, which means it is founded upon solid ground. Everybody here, I suppose, is familiar with Luke 6, the story of the wise man and the foolish man. And you know, both of these men built houses, Jesus said, but only one of them had reason to fear the storms. Only one had reason to fear the floods. The other didn't. And you know, there's one word. If you read that story that Jesus gives, there's one, one singular word that separates these two men. That one word is the word deep. You see, the Bible says that when the wise man built his house, he digged, quote, deep, and he laid the foundation there, therefore upon a rock. In other words, it's not that that one man was a better building, he built a better looking or a better house than the other man. It wasn't even that he chose a better spot. I'll remind you, the same rain that caused the same stream to flood and beat both of the houses tells us that these houses were close together. So that in a place where there was nothing but sand, one man was wise enough to dig and to keep on digging until he hit rock. Jesus said that he kept digging, quote, deep. And beloved, that's the picture of the man in today's text. He's not shallow. He's not superficial or shaky. He's not, he's not carried about with every wind. No, he's solid. He's a man or a woman whose heart is fixed, whose heart is firmly established. And you know, folks, on this Lord's Day morning, I just want us as God's people to take a few moments and think about what it means to have no fear as the result of an established heart. Three things we notice in this text, and the first one, number one, is a lesson about tidings, obvious. Look again at verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Now, of course, the word tidings here simply means news. Evil tidings is just another way of saying CNN or MSNBC or CBS or all of them. And yes, our minds are assaulted with evil tidings, let's say bad news every single day. Today's headlines are a relentless attack on the human heart. And of course, most of the headlines aren't in the Palm Beach Post they're whispered in your ear or they're sent to you by text now folks it's not a question of whether or not evil tidings are going to come to you today tomorrow a month from now a year from now that's not the question there's evil tidings every summer our media magnifies shark attacks record heat serial killers fires faulty fireworks and on it goes Since 1861 in the United Kingdom, it's been called the silly season. Every summer it is in America called Slow News Day. But it's really every day. And it's every season. The headlines will always be heavy. The evil tidings will come to everybody's doorstep. I've received some of them this morning. 
Some of them late last night. Which brings us then to the second thing in the text. Number one, there's a lesson of tidings. Number two, you'll notice there's a lesson of trust. Verse 7 says this, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Notice the colon there because now he's going to help us out. His heart is fixed, comma, trusting in the Lord. Well, folks, there you have your cause and effect. The way a person's heart is fixed is through something this text calls trust. In 1749, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Benjamin Franklin invented what was then known as the Franklin Rod. It's now known as a lightning rod. And originally, Mr. Franklin wanted to put this first lightning rod on the top of the, the tall steeple of the newly built Christ Church there in Philadelphia, but the construction took so long. Some things never change, amen? <laughs> he quit waiting, and he sent up his famous key, you may remember, on his kite. What Ben Franklin came to realize is that the power and the electrical energy of a lightning strike usually hitting the tallest building the tallest tree or pole that very destructive power could be conducted through a rod of copper through a connected wire all the way down into the ground below right that meant less fire that meant less physical trauma, less damage. Any building that was grounded was far safer in the storms of Philadelphia. And so it is when the storms of this world come, and they do come and they will continue. When they come with its thunder and its lightning, and they come with all of its evil tidings, that Christians ought to be grounded. The children of the living God ought to have a lightning rod and through their heart, thus a heart that is fixed by the grace of God. You know, there's, there's two verses in the New Testament that intrigue me. They intrigue me because they're written by two different men at two different separate times in two separate places to do two different separate audiences. But they use the exact same expression, and they're the only ones who use it in the New Testament. One, one is by James, and one is by Paul. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 3.13, To the end, God may establish your hearts at the coming of our Lord. The other one is James 5.8, and it says, Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Think about that for a moment. Two New Testament writers addressing two different audiences using the exact same expression, establish your hearts within the very same context at the coming and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Why this emphasis in the New Testament and in these last days? It's very simple, folks. The second coming, the Bible says, will be preceded by a time of turmoil and apostasy and just flat-out weirdness if you're a child of God. In other words, evil tidings. Bad news. And yet God says that the believer's heart is to be established. It's to be fixed. And therefore, unafraid. This whole world... I think you'll agree, is pretty much filled with fear. Nothing revealed that any more, I think, to most of us in this room than COVID did. If you're old enough to remember, 9-11 did. The fear, the terrorism, 
But COVID really showed people's fears. They're afraid to die. They're afraid to be sick. They're afraid to lose out. This world is filled with fear. But folks, not this man. The Bible says that this man is not afraid of evil tidings. Now, yes, he's going to go through the waves, and you you are as well. The storms, the floods, they are real. They are threatening. They are ominous. But because this man's heart was built upon a rock, and because there is trust, and therefore a certainty with that faith, genuine faith in God's promises, this man's heart is not afraid. And that's why I think you've observed this. I have. There are Christians, believers, who are strong, who are dependable, who are courageous, who are stable and joyful and consistent. There are these believers, and you know them, and I know them, and God bless them, and they're in this room right now, who in the wake of evil tidings, fear and doubt all around, there are those whose hearts are fixed. They have certain convictions. They have certain truths and doctrines that are unmovable upon which their heart has been already established. You know, I often think of the words of the old patriarch Jacob when he's referencing Reuben, his son. He said, Reuben, the firstborn, my might and the excellency of power and dignity. But, I mean, that's a good start. But, Jacob said, Reuben shall not excel, for he is unstable as water. In other words, even with all of that potential, even with all of those elements of greatness given to him, his heart was never fixed. He never laid hold on that which was eternal and true. And consequently, today, the only thing we really know about Reuben is a corned beef sandwich. Amen. Which, by the way, 2J's has a Rachel sandwich, which instead of using corned beef and sauerkraut, uses pastrami and coleslaw. You're welcome. So you might want to check that out later today. (laughs) Both are on rye. Both are huge. You can share it. But Reuben shall not excel. What a shame. How unfortunate that this young man had all of these wonderful things, but he will not excel because, only because, he's unstable as water. Compare that to John the Baptist. This is a man John, who Jesus declared was the greatest man ever lived. The greatest man born among women, opposed by the Pharisees. And you may remember what Jesus said to his enemies about him. He said, what went ye out into the wilderness to see? What do you think John the Baptist is? A reed? A cat of nine tails shaken with the wind? Do you really think that that John was without conviction so that he would sway at the direction of your animosity and your words? No, Jesus said John was a man whose heart was fixed. And so it is this morning that God is looking for some hearts this morning. God is looking for hearts that are established, that are anchored to the rock that shall not move. Hearts in every pew in this place that will not faint, as the Bible says, in the day of adversity. Because there is a courage and there is a conviction and there's a compassion and a confidence. God is looking for your heart to be fixed. And the way it is fixed, the way that it is established according to God Himself, is by faith. It is by trust in God and His Word. Look at verse 1 of the chapter. 
Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is that man that feareth the Lord. Why are you going to fear headlines if you fear the Lord? It says this, that delighteth greatly in his, in God's commandments. You know, folks, evil tidings are not going to be abated. We're about to enter a new election season. And we're going to hear all of these ridiculous promises from both sides. If I'm president, if I'm elected, if I'm senator, if I'm this, if I'm that, we're going to do this, we're going to fix this. None of it's true. They're not going to stop bad news. And the only real way to have an established heart is to go ahead and fix your heart now. Fix it on an unmovable object. Grab a hold of the eternal and the permanent and the unchanging and fix your eyes upon that. All that is true. Set your heart, Jesus said, your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. If your heart is set, for example, and fixed on Wall Street, what's going to happen when the evil tidings of finances come? And they're coming. You know they're going to come. I remember back my freshman year in college. I was flying from West Palm Beach. I'd come home for Christmas, back to Chicago, and all of a sudden there was an ice storm, and we had an eight-hour, eight, ten-hour delay layover in Atlanta. Basically, purgatory, if you call it that. <laughs> and, you know, back in those days, I was 18. In those days, they had these little TVs, you know, on the chairs all over the airport. Little, they were connected black and white little small TVs you put in a quarter and you could watch 30 minutes of whatever. And I remember sitting down and I put a quarter in and the old blue-gray football game was on. And most boring game, nobody ever watched that game, of course, but I did because one of my high school guys was playing in the game. So I was invested. I was watching him. I was excited about it. And I noticed across from me a guy, this gentleman, reading the Wall Street Journal, but he wasn't just reading it. He had it all opened. He had a pencil out, notepad. And he was immersed. He was engrossed. He had eight hours to worry about his life. And that's what he did. I watched him. He was better than the blue-gray football game by far. <laughs> this man was consumed by every number on those pages. He was consumed by the market. I was reminded of what Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart follows your investment. You want to have a fixed heart? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And it was obvious to me that this man's heart was fixed on the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ and the Amex. That's because that's where his investment was. That's where his heart was. His trust trust likely his hope was right there can you imagine the turmoil that is going on in some people's hearts who have put their trust in our economy or even worse the world economy watching the winds of wall street Pastor, my heart's not fixed on the world economy. I'm not, I'm not greedy. I'm not worried about finances. My heart is fixed on world peace and harmony. Oh, really? Good luck with that. Somewhere tonight, a woman is taking drugs and drinking scotch because she's terrified. She's afraid. Somewhere tonight, a man will lose sleep, ruin his health, waste his life, because he's afraid 
He's afraid of evil tidings that either have come or are going to come. And the reason for the fear, always, is that the heart is not fixed. Is that their own heart is not established on the unchanging things of the universe. And there's only one unchanging person, that's God, who has an unchanging book, which is the Word of God. But not everybody tonight is going to be afraid. Not every mother, not every father, not every teenager lives in constant fear. And thank God for them. Thank God for those who are unscathed by the tide of bad news, those who do not panic, who do not tremble, and certainly who do not quit, because their heart is fixed on an Their heart is fixed on the unchanging and absolute eternal Word of the living God. And in His Word, they take great delight, as we just read. You'll notice in the chapter before, Psalm 111, it says this in verse 7. The works of His hands are varied in judgment. All His commandments are what? Are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. Folks, note this carefully. There ought to be a man and a woman. There ought to be somebody in your home. Somebody at your work. Somebody who reads the Bible before they read the paper. There ought to be a man and a woman in your home and every home whose character is fixed on the truths of God. I love what it says in chapter 112 and verse 4. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Light in the darkness. Folks, that's what every office needs. That's what every home needs. That's what every marriage needs. Every factory, every classroom, every street ought to have somebody who is not afraid of all the evil tidings. Every hospital, every store, every house should have the privilege and the blessing of knowing at least one person whose hearts, one man, one woman whose heart is fixed. Young people, every school, every classroom, every team ought to have somebody. They ought to know one child of the living God who's a light in a dark place. One teenager at least whose heart is fixed and thus whose life is guided by the compass of their faith in God. One Christian with courage and conviction is just not terrorized by the waves of bad news from this world. And I'm telling you that God is calling you right now to be that one there's a lesson of tidings there is a lesson of trust and then number three i want you to notice there's a lesson of triumph chapter 112 look again at verse 8 his heart the man whose heart is fixed his heart is established he shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies you know what it means by the expression until he see his desire upon his enemies it means until he triumphs over his foes so that you see for this person whose heart is fixed the evil tidings and the bearer of all of those evil tidings is not going to win in fact if you have a fixed heart in this world it's the exact opposite that will be true of you you don't moan you don't sit and wallow you don't sit in in silence over the headlines look go back to chapter 108 would you just a couple pages back Look at verse 1, Psalm 108, verse 1. O God, my heart is fixed. 
What's the result of that? I will sing. I will sing and give praise, even my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early, and what? I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. The nations are supposed to see us as children of God, singing, praising Him, being joyful in the midst of bad news. This week, we sang in VBS, With Christ in the vessel, I will smile at the storm. And we noticed that on our paperwork, it says, with Christ as my vessel, I will smile at the storm. And so we were talking amongst ourselves in my office. Well, which is it? Is it with Christ in the vessel? I will smile at the storm. But the actual title says, as Christ as my vessel. Anyway, I realize, you know, they're actually both correct. He's in my vessel. He is my vessel. And in all those cases, Christians triumph. Christians smile at the storm. If and when their heart is fixed and established in the words of the living God, we triumph. You know, when something is established, whether a law is established or a nation or a simple organization, the strength of that thing is determined by whatever it's established upon, right? International laws, for example. International laws that are established on the General Assembly of the United Nations are laws that are established upon nations that are established by foolish and frail men. We can agree on that. In fact, you look at the councils. Think about this for a moment. Look at the councils within the United Nations who establish establish these laws. One of the most prominent councils is, quote, the Human Rights Council. Well, that sounds good. Ooh. What could be better than human rights? What nations belong to that council? Unicornatopia? No, Afghanistan, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Russia, China, Cuba, that great passion and bastion of human rights. Cuba, and of course, if you're looking for world security. Sleep well tonight because the United Nations Security Council It includes five permanent members. The first three are China, Russia, and France. France, you feel secure? How do they salute? All you French people in here, we love you. They salute like this. Amen, I'm just kidding, it's a joke. (laughs) The non-permanent members of the Security Council are Switzerland and Nigeria which makes me feel better because, according to my email, I have millions of dollars in a Nigeria bank waiting for my Social Security number. There's 237-050413. That's actually Remo's. I just gave it out, so if you're watching. (laughs) Folks, if your heart is established on the United Nations in New York City, I just trust those men to save us from climate change and all the things and all the problems and wars. If that's where your heart is fixed, I'm afraid the lightning storms are going to melt your heart and break your spirit. There is no triumph to those who put their trust in men. Go back to our text in chapter 112, would you? Psalm 112. Verse 6 says, Surely he will not be moved forever. Think of that. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. 
He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. In VBS, we sang a little chorus, only trust him. We didn't sing the verses. We're going to sing them in a moment for invitation. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. And he will surely give thee rest by trusting in his word. Perfect love casts out fear. And if the Bible tells us, and it does tell us, that as children of God, as his people, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. If God has not given you that spirit of fear that you have when you get bad tidings, evil tidings, and bad news, then here's the question. Who's given it to you? I have fear, Pastor. Then you have to recognize it's not God who's given it to you. But somebody else has. For the child of God in this room, the Bible says, your heart can be fixed. And it's fixed by trusting in the Lord. By putting your heart, your treasure, where your treasures, your heart will be. Your heart follows your investment by putting your heart, your mind, your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Heads heads are bowed, please, for just a moment. No one moving. You know, when I read that text a moment ago that says that the nations, that the nations will see this person whose heart is fixed, that has always been God's desire and design. That he would call unto himself a people. He would save them and redeem them. He would put his word inside of them and his spirit. And those people would be so different that they would be a testimony to the power and the grace and the glory of God. And they themselves would be convicted to get what that person has. That means this. That means all of us as children of God ought to be different at work in our neighborhood So that when the bad news comes next month or next week, next fall, next winter, or next year, not a single one of us in this room who were alive at 9-11 ever dreamed that that would happen. And a lot of Christians in those moments faltered. The whole world did. But some, they were not afraid of the evil tidings. They may have been brokenhearted and burdened. They were not afraid. They trusted God. Pastor Blaylock, I'm here this morning and I am, that, I am a Christian and I want to be that believer. I want to be that person who makes a difference where I am. Who when the evil tidings come in my life, when I get the bad news, when our family hears the bad news or our state gets the bad news, people say, wow, look at them. They, they have faith and courage and boldness. There's a strength there. Pastor Blalock, I'm saved today, but I needed this message in some measure, and God has spoken to my heart about it. Who would say that? Would you lift your hands as children of God? And I lift mine, and amen, and amen, yes. Now, I know this much. I know that in a group this size, there would be many who, who didn't raise their hand and perhaps couldn't because of the first part of that inquiry as a Christian. You're not sure of that. I can promise you that if you're not a child of God, If you've never been saved, if your name is not written in heaven, I would never tell you to not be afraid. 
I would never give you some false hope. I don't do it at funerals. And I don't do it in Sunday morning messages. I would never give you some sort of a, a pep rally and a pep speech that you can go out there and you can win and you can, everything's going to be fine. Because it's not. In fact, if anything, I would say be afraid. Be very afraid. Because your entire house is built upon sand. And when the storms come, it will be washed away. Utter destruction. And if you're here today and you're not sure your name's in heaven, could we just pray for you? I'm not going to come to you or embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. That's all. That today could be the day of salvation. God sent his son, Jesus, to die for you. He's the rock. He's the rock that the entire scripture speaks of. And you have to begin by putting your faith in him, trusting him as Savior and as Lord. Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure that I'm saved, but I want to be saved. I need to be saved with heads bowed, no one looking, watching at home by live stream as well. You can raise your hand where you are there at home. Pray for me that I could know what it means to be saved. Who would say that? Would you lift your hand? Amen, sir. Anyone else? Hold it up high enough while I see it. Yes. We're going to pray in a moment and have a time of invitation. And you know, it ought to be, it really, it really ought to be that our hearts are so fixed that even in the midst of, a, of the darkest hour, the greatest storm, God's people sing. They praise Him. They rejoice. They may do it through tears, but they have a supernatural joy because our hearts are fixed, settled upon the unchanging Word of God and the unchanging person of God. Father, bless now the invitation. We commit it to your hands, and I pray, God, you'll speak to our hearts during this invitation, after this invitation, tomorrow when we all go out to work and where we go, Lord, every day. Thank you that you have called us out of the miry clay. You've pulled us and you've put our feet on a solid rock. You put in our mouths a new song, even praise unto you. May people see it and fear you. And may we glorify you because of it. Bless these now, Lord, please, who have asked for prayer. In Jesus' precious name, amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.